Good afternoon, Patriots. And it is Thursday, December 29th in the year 2022. It's going to end soon. We're going to be in 2023. Don't forget today, I also have Brighty on TV right after this show at 2 o'clock Pacific. That would be 5 o'clock Eastern. We'll be there. So anyway, before we begin, Patriots, make sure that you're taking good care of your wealth, which is critical in these days. We have a lot going on and a lot of shakeup in the economy. Patriots, will the lack of red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? More wasteful government spending? Higher taxes? A deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer? By diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text BARDS to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit now. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BARDS to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Text BARDS to 989898. You will not be disappointed. Well, as you know, the, the debacle with Southwest has only increased... And there's just thousands of flights that have been canceled. There's a lot of question as to what has actually been going on there. Some of it obviously is weather. Well, it's all weather driven. But then there's the question of the sickness, apparently. There were pilots that were sick. There's some questions of whether that was an official sick out, meaning that it was organized, which is possible. Uh, we also have the reality that it just there's a whole problem with once you start getting flights canceled, there's that problem. But there's a really good explanation here I think is worth listening to, a guy that just kind of lays out the whole issue here of what is confronting the Southwest problem, and it actually deals a lot more with their infrastructure. Take a listen. Okay, so what's the problem? Southwest has two major problems. So the one is they have a relatively antiquated system of tracking their uh, crew and pilots. Mm -hmm. um, they've known about that like a tech problem for a long time and the unions have complained about it but the real problem the reason it's so exaggerated and they're canceling i think they've canceled something like fifteen thousand flights over three days or four days and they're canceling canceling 60 70 percent of all their flights because they as opposed to other airlines like a delta will fly like a hub they're a hub airline most airlines delta united most of the airlines are hubs so delta has a hub in atlanta new york seattle la you know florida they have hubs and so they'll fly routes like Nashville to Atlanta, back or Atlanta to Nashville, back to Atlanta, right? New York to Atlanta, back. Southwest, on the other hand, on that same type of route, would fly like a Nashville to Denver. And then from Denver, they go to New York. From New York, they'll go to Charleston. From Charleston, they'll go to Houston. And so they fly point to point. So they don't go back to a hub. So when a big storm hits, if, if, if you're at a hub airline, your airlines are out from the hub, some of your airplanes and crew, right? Storm hits. You wait it out at those places. You get back on the plane and come back to the hub where everybody in the crew and stuff can be reassigned. Um, Southwest is not like that. So if the plane's stuck in Denver, 
like that crew stuck in Denver, but it was probably different crews hopping on the other points along the along the lines that that would have prevented that from happening. And then they then they got to reposition those crews and the other points. And you would think, oh, they just take a few days off, but the point to point flights aren't the same every day. So like it it's it the the whole system is completely messed up. What was the other thing you said they have? Well, I mean, you would think Southwest would be easier because they have something called fleet commonality. You would think, yeah. Yeah, they only fly seven thirty sevens. If you've been on Southwest, they have one kind of airplane. If you've been on Delta, United, you know all these other airlines, American, they have a million different kinds of planes. You don't know if you're going to get on seven thirty seven or Airbus A three twenty. Yeah, I don't know. Point is, different pilots fly different kind of planes. <laughs> so like. You, on Delta, you'd think they have a bigger meltdown because the guy, the pilot, can't fly at A320, who is supposed to fly a 737, right? Mm-hmm. But Southwest, they can all fly the same plane because only one type of plane. So you would think this would, they wouldn't have this kind of meltdown, but it just shows you the weaknesses of that point-to-point type flying and of the outdated technology they use. So there you have another explanation to this unbelievable disaster. Over 15,000 flights canceled. In case anybody's wondering, we have now arrived at like third world level of existence when it comes to this. And, you know, I've heard people say, no, it's a bit of an exaggeration. Well, not really. When you take a look at our homeless level in our cities, just in my town here, 24,000, because of this dumb liberal um, government we have in this state, we have a requirement that they have to accommodate the homeless. So... They've got a whole homeless camp that's been built out into one of the parks right next to naturally where the skateboard park is for kids. That's always a good idea. And now there's city attendees out there today in uniform cleaning up all of their crap that they've mounded up. And it's mounds of junk that these homeless people mound up. I, You know, this is just the part I have is just insane. You're homeless. I get it. But that does not give you license to be a filthy pig. I'm sorry. And then expect the city and the people to have to clean up after you. And that's the problem. So it's also showing a sort of mental derangement with people, which is sick. They've they've lost a lot of their purpose and respect and dignity for even being human. That's part of this whole problem because once they stay out on the street for a while, they just lose that. And so now the city's out there, you know, the only thing they're not doing is wiping their butt, but they do have to provide them with toilets and they have to, and I am not trying to say in any way we shouldn't be addressing homeless issues because we have them. But the problem is that the accountability now is not on the individual. The accountability is on the city to be accountable to them. That's the wrong answer. In another local small town where they have started, they have built a homeless camp, homeless shelters, homelessness in Oregon, which is indicative across any blue state, but really across this nation, is skyrocketing. And I don't think it's just Oregon. I don't think it's California. You're seeing migrations of people that are literally trying to go to the best place to be homeless. Portland, Oregon was one of the best places to be homeless because you could get so much free stuff, free lunches, free med care, free phones, free everything under the sun. In Southern California, it's another great place to be homeless. So you're seeing a migration of people to be homeless. We're seeing a spike in the homeless populations. We have a destruction of our transportation system. I mean, you're starting to see the infrastructure of this country collapse and it's putting us into a third world state. And of course you have the leftists that all think this is about climate change or something else. Who knows? You know, this is the, the stupidity of the world we're in. And then we just have this mass of people out here that are just unconscious. They just, they're just going along like, oh, 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 got some more homeless, Fred. Okay. What are we going to do? Nothing.
Let's just let's just do our shopping and go home. I don't want to see that. Don't want to believe it. This is America. America. We ain't had them problems. Got to get our guns. That's it. So we got to wake people up. Seriously. It's a big deal. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight, too, and I'll talk a little bit more about, about that after the prayer. Patriots, it's 11 minutes after the hour. Let's do some spiritual warfare and pray. Father, thank you as we come to you today humbled and blessed before you. And we just start by just praying for our friends, our families, just the health and well-being of them all. It's a very trying time and a time that we just all, there's so much tendency to not want to face the truth that's before us. And in this time, there's a, there's a tendency to want to escape into the various places we do and not keep our foot anchored in what's before us and look truly what realities are before us. There's a tendency to want to explain away what we see and to try to give it some sort of more characteristic or comfortable interpretation instead of just looking at the hard reality of what's around us of a failed system and really, quite frankly, of a failed society. A society that can't take care of its children, ignores its homeless, can't take care of its elderly. There's not a lot left. And sadly, we be, the more that this happens, the more that we are, as a culture, turning it off and ignoring it, passing off responsibilities to governments rather than taking responsibility for the individual. And, of course, that's as we see that, there's an increased sense that government needs to make rules. Government needs to use taxpayer dollars to fix problems. Government needs to do this. The government needs to do that. There's no personal responsibility or accountability in any of that. It's always someone else. Or maybe it is, Father, that we people think that somehow by generating an app that they can take pictures and post things and it will suddenly magically transform itself and become a better thing. We know that that's not true because the personal action and personal accountability has to be part of our faith. So we pray today just for the this kind of hard reality to settle in on people's hearts, to put themselves in the trench, to be in the trench where the real fighting is. You have to keep one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the trench. And it's there. But we have a reality that's before us, Father, a big one. That is for us to start confronting these problems and not just turn a blind eye. So we pray that people will face them. People will walk with them. People will start working together to overcome them. And it's going to take action at a community level. We have to stop trying to pass the buck off to somebody else that will fix it for us. That seems to be one of the most pervasive problems of our society. And we need everybody on deck to do this. Voices to elevate the awareness, people to get in and do the work, people to come together to help solve these problems because they're not going to solve themselves by themselves. And we're not going to get these problems solved by people who just simply seek to use this as a political platform to gain more power or leverage. So we just pray for that clarity to settle in on people's hearts, to start understanding that our communities are our responsibility. We have to be activated in these communities. We have to be present in these communities, be present in our lives and taking those actions. This is a time, Father, that we know that you're calling all of us. You're calling everybody to the line to step up and to step in. And it's time now to hear that call can't be worrying about 
the futures as much as we have to worry about the present. And we have to be focused in what's around us and what's, where, how we can truly affect things. It begins obviously within our homes, but also as we extend that out into our local communities to elevate up awareness, literally one by one, one person at a time. So we pray for that encouragement. We pray for that spark of fire and that righteousness in our belly to really understand that it is literally one person at a time, step by step, to make a difference, to awaken, and to raise this country back up. As a nation, Father, we've we have continued to just kind of meander out here. And there's many good voices that are trying, starting to wake up and seek you. There's many voices out here that are pushing to keep their eyes on you. We need to translate a lot of that into actual work in faith. We need pulpits, not just talking, but pulpits teaching. And not just teaching in scripture, but teaching through application. We need to be walking in the true word, living in the true word, teaching skills of gardening, teaching skills of prepping, teaching skill life skills, how to stay warm in the winter, how to improvise, how to adapt. Legitimate skills need to be starting to come from every place that we can to expand the awareness and capability in our communities. Teaching health practices, getting to know each other and trust each other, which is the greatest destruction of all of this entire information war, is the loss and, dis- and destruction of trust. And we're going to have to restart that because what this whole system is trying to do is to break us down, as you know, Father. And this walk is making us stronger, but it also is going to demand of us to go further. So we pray for that strength that moves through us, that mightiness that you can give us, that lifting up some of the weight. So we realize with clearer eyes and eyes to see that only you can provide that as we step into this, we need to literally lean in and start to reach in deeper and deeper so that we are working together, building that community, and not being dependent on this overlord of a government. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So, Father, as we pray today, we're just, what we're praying, what we need is this clarity in in our steps that fire in our belly, and the fearlessness that we know that we have to step into our communities and to lead them, to teach, to do through action that we do ourselves. This is such an important time to bring that awareness to the world of what this threat is that we're facing, a massive threat, a threat of darkness that wants to suck us in. And there's a real strong propensity to want to lean back and say, okay, well, you know, this is, it's not going to be that bad when in fact it probably will be unless we do something. So Father, as we walk in this place, we just pray that that reality will set into the urgency of the hour, the prescient need to, to be leaning in and to be doing what we do and to continue to establish our firmness in living in, towards sovereignty and in liberty and being prepared to be defiant in the face of tyranny. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I will tell you that the tendency right now is, as we head into the new year, there's always a lot of optimism, and that's good because it's a shaping 
in its own right, but we have to be prepared for what is coming. And I'm going to be talking a lot about that tonight in this greater sense of the harvest that's right before us. There's a lot of gameplay going on, and it's going to take an enormous amount of discernment to move forward. There is a vision, regardless of what side you support, meaning if you're going to be supporting anybody in the white hat or the dark hat side, there is a vision that they have for this for this world that does not include you having a seat at the table other than you saying no. And that is the big vote because they all want the same thing. They are trying to push, whether you're a white hat or whether you're a dark hat, they wanting to steer humanity into this transhumanist model. They believe that that's the future. And we're entering into an era now where AI has been released into the public space. You have AI that's running wild in the, in the corporate space. So you're starting to get these sort of AI wars. People are embracing this open source AI, which is nuts, but they're starting to find it to be fun to play with and gimmicky, not even realizing this is how it always begins. It always begins. Let me show you a new little toy. And people are like, oh, fun. Let me play with this little toy. Every time people interact with it and use it, it gets stronger. It gets bigger. It gets bolder. And it is starting to grow in exponential rates. And if you're going to, sub, if you're going to release your responsibility to an AI, to do your writing for you, to do your thinking for you, you've, you have immediately become a slave. Now, new, new Twitter files are out. They're kind of important to pay attention to. Let me just play this piece here, a quick summary of them. So uh, today's updates. Fauci's daughter, his adult, his adult daughter, was a, a software engineer at Twitter and was one of the people let go when Musk bought the company. And it also came out the person who supervises Fauci within the federal government, the person who's responsible for overseeing Fauci's work, is actually his wife. Why doesn't the media report on that? And more broadly, some of you guys are asking, why isn't the media reporting on these Twitter files? It's now been almost a month of Elon Musk coming out with this stuff. He started on December 2nd, part one. Now we're up to part 10. You watch all the previous videos if you want to get brought up to speed. I think you know why the media is not covering this stuff more. I'm starting to see headlines on Fox and MSN bringing up the Twitter files and summarizing it, but they're not going into the full depth of how corrupt this was. That the federal government was telling Twitter who to ban and who to boost and what campaigns and trends should take off, and more importantly, what shouldn't take off. All the medical experts, all the MDs, all the PhDs, who are saying stuff about the vaccine early on, who are saying stuff about the lockdowns and how it could affect people's you know, mental health. All these people were banned in silence, even though they weren't spreading, even though they weren't spreading misinformation. I hate this word misinformation because it's being used by our oppressors. Oh, that's misinformation. No, it's not. I know so many people destroyed by those shots. That's not misinformation. That's just my life experience. Thank you guys for watching. That's Helio Thorne on TikTok. He's good. He's been doing some good updates on the Twitter files, pretty objective and straightforward. But this is, you know, this is the challenge that we're in right now, and it's a big one. And people are still looking for their Savior, and the only Savior we should be having is Jesus, but people are continuing to look for that. The, the problem we have on, uh, you know, the reality of Twitter is it's the dumps are coming out. We're seeing the reality. We know the government is corrupt. It's not even a question. It's horrific, in fact. 
and it's not going to fix itself. You're not going to be able to fix the system. You're going to be told over and over, vote, patriots, vote. It's coming. It's already started. You know, you got to be active. We got to get active voting. In your local communities, you can control the vote. And you can see exactly where the corruption is, and you can be active and persuade the outcome. But in the bigger communities, I'm... You're, you're, we're at a completely different, I should say, bigger communities in the states and the, and the federal government. These are systems. These are organizations that have been set up to ensure that your vote will never count. And I hope that the Arizona issue proves that. Carrie Lake is carrying on with her lawsuit, and I, you know, God bless her for trying. But the fact of the matter is, this is stinkily corrupt. And there's always a possibility of some big event that will change it all. But at the end of the day, it's always going to come down to us making those decisions, those hard decisions. Now, it's just really interesting that we're dealing right now, just taking schools and the, the, the sickness that's happening around this country in schools and the, the arrogance of school boards just to ignore parents or to try to shut them down with one minute of conversation and then to have a police or sheriff present to try to tell people what they can and can't do or hired armed security to try to arrest you for speaking your mind. And it's, there is a, a politeness that's stepped in there by people to accept this role. I don't know where that politeness is coming from because parents are not banding together to flip tables and they need to be, this needs to end. Kids should not be allowed in any way to be exposed to the materials in their ad. And that's just a small piece, but a big piece that we can handle at a local level. But there still seems to be a lot of timid reactions towards standing up and doing the right thing, which is, in the end of the day, probably flipping tables. And it has to happen that way. And the police need to be put on notice. There's a scene yesterday in one of the airports where the police officer comes up and he literally tells everybody, uh, uh, you know, you got to leave. You're, you're going to, or you're going to be arrested. And here, let's take a listen to this. This is part of it right here. You and her needs to leave or you'll be arrested for trespass. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you filming that? Yeah. Okay. Right now, everybody to the unsecure side. The ticket counter will help you with any questions you have. Go. Yeah. Is it just a Yes. You have no ticket. You don't need to be in the secured side. Let's go. Let's we have tickets. Your ticket just got canceled. This is, we're not here for that flight. We're on a layover. Like, there ain't no, like. We're not. Okay. Southwest gates. We're not even here for this flight. Tampa. So are you guys all, everybody here trying to go to Tampa? I don't no. know. No. I mean, we're we didn't ask everybody. I got nowhere to go. Yes. Yeah, that's my right. wife. I got nowhere to go. So this dirtbag cop gets called by Southwest Gate attendant to come down and to talk to the people, talk to him, to tell the people who lost, had their flight canceled. They were at the gate that if they don't leave and go back to the ticket counter outside of security check-in, which is TSA, that they're all going to be arrested. No warning, nothing, though he's got a nice gun on his hip, which you know he'll never use in the airport, but he wants to get everybody intimidated by it. A taser on his chest, which he's walking around with. Jeans that are so tight that he looks like he should be an Italian model. 
And the, the thing is that this is the problem we're going to see increasingly is as the system collapses, you're going to start seeing those with the authority given to them to start enforcing it in the most bizarre ways. He didn't check to see who was who in this group. He just basically told them, get out or I'm going to arrest you. They were given no warning. Like I say, this is the same type of officer that stands in front of people at a school board meeting and tells you, if you don't, if you stop, don't start talking or stop talking, we're going to arrest you. That This is not acceptable. This is not the way it works in a system like this. Now, this story here that I just played ends with, interestingly, because a lawyer ends up questioning him. And of all things, she's extremely respectable African-American lawyer. And this dude is a literally a dirtbag white cop. I don't know how else to say it. And she is as polite as can be. And he is just, she's like, I want to know the statute. He's like, I don't have to tell you the statute. She's like, I want to know the statute. I don't have to tell it to you. You can look it up. You're a lawyer, right? She goes, yeah. She goes, and you'll look it up. And she goes, all right, sir. Thank you very much. This is, this is the garbage that is going on all over the country. And if we are not going to start standing up and taking this country back, this is the garbage that's going to become normalized. The behavior of these airlines, the behavior of what's happening with our police, the behavior of what's happening in our institutions, our teaching, our school boards, our governance, when it is wrong, it has to be called out as wrong. Okay, one last thing. I'm going to announce it again and uh, close with this. I'm going to announce it today again um, on Bards FM tonight. But as I think you all know, the... Uh, the video on YouTube for Christmas special was canceled by YouTube. And so they gave me an appeal that came out um, day before yesterday. They gave me an appeal, which I wrote and I read that appeal here. I'm going to read it real quick here again. My appeal to YouTube was dear YouTube. Um, I just want to thank you. Thank the former CIA and FBI agents working at YouTube for their efforts in ensuring that the death shot is protected so the damage to the health, blood clots, heart disease, and medical side effects of the bioweapon are protected. The wonderful thing is that by denying this video and any comments made to protect health, you have also sealed your destiny under the Nuremberg Code and Nuremberg 2.0 trials. The best part is that you reading this will scoff at these words, thinking you are immune. We all wish you well, wish you a the best night's sleep, maybe try the Bard's promo code and get some supplies from my pillow. But either way, your day is coming. So thank you for removing this video. You have added yet another strike on your future, on your destiny, and on your assurance of trial. Well, YouTube wrote me back last night. They um, responded to my, re my appeal within less than 12 hours. And this is what they wrote. Hi, Bard's FM. We have reviewed your appeal. For the following Bards FM Christmas special, after taking another look, we can confirm your content does not violate our community guidelines. Thanks for your patience while we reviewed this appeal. Yeah, YouTube, you're welcome. I'm sure glad that you uh, understood that the Nuremberg trials are real. So obviously, patriots, climate is changing a bit, which is good. All right, so keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. 
Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Bards FM, or I'll see you in 30 minutes on Brighty on TV. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, 
we climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.